Check out We Are Calvin football podcast in association with McAvoy Super Value, Virginia. Real food, real people. Try Super Value's own range in store today. Quality products at one third the price of branded labels. McAvoy Super Value, Virginia. Supporting local. We Are Calvin podcast. Because Calvin's not just a place, it's a people. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another edition of the McAvoy Super Value GA podcast brought to you by We Are Cavan. On today's show, we're going to be announcing our pro- proactive risk control team of the week for week two of the Cavan Football Championships. Um, we're also going to hear from Michelle Smith, chairperson of the Ladies Camogie Board, as we get ready for the league finals taking place tomorrow night, Wednesday, here in Cavan at senior and intermediate level. And uh, to start off, though, on the show, we're going to look back over last week, last week's predictions by myself and Paul uh, for the championship games. Delighted to be joined by Paul Fitzpatrick, sports editor of the Anglo Celt. And Paul, you had a, a relatively good week. You got one back on me. In fairness, Damien, we didn't differ very much. This was the week of the of the one sided game in Cavan. Yes, like, like when you looked at the odds in Cavan, there was a lot of heavy favourites. Like teams were ten to one on, twenty to one on at times. So we didn't differ all that much in in most games. But to be fair, you went for a draw one game. Give me a chance, and that's where I'm going to punish you. Yeah, yeah. See, it's the good heart in me. No, I'm, I'm such go- a kind. Person. I'm, now I have my foot in your throat. I'm not lifting it. <laughs> we'll start off um, with the Hotel Kilmore Senior Championship predictions. Killigarry against Kingscourt. We both got this wrong, equally wrong. Uh, we both went with Killigarry. Yeah, it was only afterwards I was thinking that I was talking to a Kingscourt man, and he says, "He says, geez, uh, we're odds-on favourites for this game, and Boteus uh, went against us. We didn't go draw or anything. We went outright Killigarry. But again, we, I think part of our logic was that that Killigarry's need was greater. But I suppose in round two, teams are still really, really going for that second win, even if they have a win. And uh, Kingscourt were, were deserving winners on the night, even though you could say from from fifteen minutes to full time." Kiligary won the game by six points but you can't yeah. give give anyone a 1-5 to no score lead in a championship match and, and have a good chance of, of winning it they did get back to a point at one stage uh, but you know, Kings were, were irresistible in the, in the first 15 minutes they were excellent yeah. they, they made Kiligary look very ordinary and there were some mismatches there at the back as well I thought Joe Dillon uh, was running the mark at that stage but uh, yeah no, bad prediction yeah, didn't go well for either of us. Um, as you say, they, I tell you what, Kingscourt's um, Kingscourt star is rising constantly because you you're just looking at them and the, the quality of the opposition went up a gear, and they went up a gear. Mm. You know, so it was it was a bad prediction. That, th- the, the, it's getting to bogey team territory now for Kitagari against Kingscourt. Yeah. Like what, what's it? I don't know if you have this written down somewhere. Is there a classification for bogey team? How many times you need to lose to them? Like okay, they beat them once up in Bailey in in a group game, but Kings uh, hammered them. But Kingscourt came back and beat. But that's them. that's the real definition of a bogey team because when you when you think you have them bet, they can just produce an, a huge turnaround in yeah. no time. They like came it was back a week and later, was it? It was close to it. Back and beat them on a wet night in a quarter final in Breffney, where Connor Smith had a was denied by an unbelievable save by James Farley at the that's end of that right. game. They beat them last year. Kiligary coming off beating Rammer 
Kingsford beat them by two goals in the championship in Breffney. Beat them again. Beat them in the league a couple of weeks ago, which was a big game. There was a lot of hype coming into that first round league game. In Kilgarry, they beat them. So, Kingsford seemed to have the, the upper hand there. But I'm not giving up on Kilgarry. No, no, no. Not until they're actually gone <laughs> into junior will you give up on Kilgarry. <laughs> on the win in the senior this year. <laughs> <laughs> um, second game went the same way as the first. We both got it wrong. It was Gowna against Lavi. We both went with Gauna on this one. Um, and given the form and not knowing that Conor Brady and Conor Madden were out was a lot of the reason we both went with Gauna. But it turned out to be a cracking game. Absolute quality. Um, and if you want to hear from the Gauna manager, head on over to patreon.com forward slash we are Cav. And we have reaction from all actually of the six senior games with Jerry Cadden spoke with us. But I, I, I can make the case why we went for Gown in this one because Lavi's performance against Krushala was was so poor for so long that it was it was hard to make the case that they were going to come up a gear. But they really did come up a gear in fairness. And and when Jerry Smith turned it on, probably for twenty minutes with, with Lavi down a player, he was he was scintillating. He was yeah. he was top of the field, just driving forward, scored two points and then a lot of the draw probably comes from I hate to put too much pressure on on a on one player or too much of the blame, but Ronan Bannon's kick out intercepted by Shane Tierney and just tapped into the net. Um that's the other thing and, and I wasn't thinking about this before the weekend, but the the kick out's coming out to the twenty meter line. Not only if it is it you know, right, it's an advantage out towards the middle of the field, it's more of an advantage to go long than and, and far more risky to go short. If you have a 13 metre kick out and it goes wrong, you've got maybe 16, 15, 16 metres to get back onto the line. If you have a 20 metre kick out and it goes wrong, you've got that 23, 24 mm. metres to get back <coughs> onto the line. And Ronan Bannon wasn't even close to getting there before Shane Tierney's kick ended up in the net. Yeah, I hadn't thought of that actually. Yeah, it's a, it's a wonder we don't see more of that. But we do see. We do see more kickouts being intercepted. We saw a couple being intercepted in Lacken and Kassaran as well. Um, at both ends of the field, we saw that happening with Jimmy Smith and Kieran Daly. So it, it does happen. You know, when you're that's the risk of, of going for the short one. Mm. Uh, it does happen. Like it was, you know, it was totally unheard of ten years ago, really, or fifteen years ago that you would play a short kickout. But uh, it, it might turn around again. It might turn around that, that in ten years' time, because if things get fashionable in football, and it might be, turn around that you're better off. Lumping it out to the middle and things will change out there. It is fashionable at the minute to go long. Yeah. Watch watch this. As this championship evolves, we're going to see an awful lot more of the teams realising on stats that it's too risky to go short. We've got to go long and either work a strategy out towards that middle toward of the field. But more importantly, don't give away a goal chance because that's what comes when you miss a kick out at the minute. With keeper scrambling back, he doesn't know where... The ball is going to be kicked from. He's not 100% sure of anything. He's in absolute turmoil if the kick-out goes wrong. Yeah. So it's it's too risky to go short. It's very risky. But you have to remember, like there, there's, there is no correct way to play football. Yes. There, the only correct way is the way that, that's beating the teams around you. And <laughs> yeah, what yeah. happens is a, a, a team gets an edge and Everett starts copying them and some other team gets an edge and it's like playing whack-a-mole. Someone else pops up, someone else pops up. And... like. You know, right back to the forties, like Cavan and Antrim pioneered the short passing style that time, and you know there was as much fist passing back then, nearly as as you would have seen in their in their decades, mm-hmm. and then that kind of went away, and then something else comes in, and something else comes in. We might go back sometime to what we saw 
in the forties and fifties, booting the ball up the field, a full back line. Someone in the full back get, like gets and kicks as far as they can. You just never know the way the game yeah. will evolve. Yeah, definitely not. Um, third game of the weekend, we both got right. Cavan Gales to beat Mullahorn. Um, it 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 was the predictable result. It probably just wasn't predictable that it would be so emphatic. Mm. I th- I think to be fair, both of us were thinking there was an outside outside chance of Mullahorn. Mm causing an upset there not strong enough to, to tip Mullahorn or anything like that but I, th- I think we thought that we thought there was no way that Mullahorn could come out of that game uh, having lost anything that it was like a sh- as you described it as a sh- shot to nothing but I think they have come out of it having lost something now because the manner of it with the, like the first half to go one ten to no score down I think it was uh, was it yeah I think that, mm. something like that yeah that's that. you know that's humiliation territory there like and luckily for Mullahorn, I suppose the Gales eased off in the second half, or maybe Mullahorn got the grips of it a bit in the second half, and they only lost the second half by a point. But you know that that's not good for Mullahorn. Mm. Well, one one thirteen actually to no score. Yeah, to no I don't score. think I've ever seen that. No, sixteen points. Yeah, it's without a score is very mm. unusual. And and it was, I I think it was one ten before they actually got a shot away on goal, Mullahorn. So look at. It it was at the big stat as we talked about on the Die Hearts podcast, at halftime Mullahorn had twenty nine kickouts and Calvin Gales had seven. That's right. Which was which was absolute look it was reflective of the game that it was a it was a dominant display by a Mullahorn team that were out who to, to just ex, really just exert their dominance, just to kinda of go listen. We maybe talked up Mullahorn. Me maybe talked up Mullahorn a wee bit too much. That saying they're such a young team and and they're coming and and they will come. And don't get me wrong, I still think that Mullahorn team will come. Like you've been harping that that the Gales are an old older team. In two three years time, I don't expect there to be any sort of a gulf between the two sides there. In fact, I wouldn't be surprised, but Mullahorn could be ahead of. Cavan Gales in two three years time with the age profile, but mm. it 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 I didn't expect it to be that emphatic of a victory. I still think that I I I don't think it damaged Mullahorn that much because you're not going to run into Shawnee Johnson in that level of form and maybe given that level of opportunity that often. You know, it's it it's going to happen less and less. The man's thirty six. You know, so yeah, but it, it's bound to to sow some doubts. You know, they've another tough game this again against Casaran, mm. and <clears throat> that's gonna it's gonna sow some doubts. But again, they can learn from it. They're young, yeah. and they just need to stick with it. But you know, for Cavan Gales, you know, probably I'd say I'd say they've had tougher training sessions. If we're honest, moving on. I don't, honestly, I'm not criticizing the Gales. Saying oh that. yeah, no, yeah, no, like no, no. I'm sure they've had they have had tougher training sessions because it was so one sided in that first half that the fellas weren't didn't really have to. Have to overexert ourselves. Yeah, no, no, no. I, I'm, I'm not disagreeing with you. Um, you better not be. <laughs> not again. <laughs> Chris Law against Lara. Uh, we both went for Chris Law in this one, so kudos. It, what, what we both expected though, there was a bounce out of Lara, you know, and and, and they came back to it. I think, as you described it on 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 the other podcast, that it was more of a six point win than a than a three point win. But Lara's first half display. Was was energetic enough to show that that if they applied themselves properly, they could compete at this level. Yeah, well, my prediction of Lara getting to a quarter final 
and I argued and argued <laughs> with you about that. So I'm going to have to, for once, hold my hands up here. Uh, that's that's looking like one of the worst predictions of all time. <laughs> it, it, not just in football, not just on the podcast, <laughs> and of all time. Um, but yeah. Lara have got a got a really tough game this again as really? well. So like they're going to have to get a win this again, realistically, if they are going to. So like, come on, lads, you're going to make me look bad here. <laughs> Paul don't like them bad. <laughs> um, yeah, but Crusherlaw, as I was describing to somebody, Crusherlaw are in a quarter final now with two wins from two, and and nobody's talking about. Them. You know they're 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 completely under the radar. And then while I was saying, oh, sure, it's a great place to be. That's the old GA in it. Like, oh, geez, yeah, sure, they're they're winning games without playing well. Isn't that isn't that great? Aren't mm-hmm. the wonderful outfit? Y- you want the performance to be better than Crusherlaw's currently is is at the minute, you know, to, to be saying that, right, okay, there's there's a championship winning team coming. Yeah, that's true, yeah. Now, at the same time, you don't want to be peaking, but you, you want to be showing players coming into form and, and like, they haven't really been showing that, didn't show that no. uh, this time. They did show it. I thought Paddy Lynch and Stephen Smith were very good against Lavi when I watched the, the, the video of it. Um, yeah, <laughs> like, they need to show more. Yeah. You know, if they're playing Cavan Gales tomorrow now, and even though I I took Crush Law at the start of the season to win it, if they're playing Calvin Gales tomorrow, like you'd be brave man to back Crush Law on, on what we saw in the last couple of games. I think that's that's the best way to put it. Um, Castle Rahan against Lacken, we both went for Castle Rahan. Um, what what I'm just, I suppose I'm, I'm I'm happy about is that Castle Rahan have players back that we thought weren't going to be playing this year, and that's made all the difference. Now maybe they would have been as good without them anyway, but I think Castellan's panel is strong enough to go on and win this championship at the minute, even without Key and Mackey. I think what's left there is still strong enough to go on and, and, and possibly win this championship. But Rahan, I think, were the big winners. We've said we've described a few teams as the big winners, but they were the big winners because bear in mind that we're sitting here on a Tuesday afternoon. One week ago we didn't know where Castle were Castellan were. They were coming off the back of a draw against uh, Crusherlaw in the league and a defeat at home to Bally Hayes. And, right. and okay, we had heard the rumour that a couple of players had come back into the fold and had returned to training, but we didn't really know. But you could tell, I was up in Mullah last Wednesday night, you could tell literally within a minute. I think I think Shercock uh, hit the upright with the first attack and Kasserang came down the field and got a goal very early on. You could li- tell literally straight away, hold on, this, this team's gone nowhere mm-hmm. and getting better and better. Again, though, like, if we're using Cavan Gales as the yardstick, like, if Cavan Gales had a, had a beaten Lacken in that sort of a game, you, you, we'd probably be sitting here saying, oh, the Gales are looking ropey. Like, there was some Kasserang did some great things, but they did a lot of bad things as well. There was yeah. some calamitous defending just before half time. Like, it was like one of those blooper reels how they didn't concede a goal out of it I don't know uh, they let they went nine points up let Lacken back into the game at half time I bumped into one of the the Kassaran players and I was says uh, it was a sub and I, I said oh you're going well he said do you think so and I said oh yeah five points up or whatever and he goes oh we're not playing well and you know it was it was in hindsight he was right because Lacken came out and got the first three points in the second half and like Lacken at the minute are a little bit limited They've lost some players and mm. like put it like this. When Lacken and Casaran played in the quarter final in twenty sixteen, which I believe is the last time they met in the championship, there was one point in it after a replay. 
Right. And if we look yeah. where Castoran have gone since, they've won two leagues and two championships since that and been in all the championship finals, uh, losing that year in a replay as well. Lacken have definitely come the, gone the other way since that. Like They haven't won anything, didn't get out of the group last year. I think they've won four of their last 16 championship matches. I, I will say on Lacken that what they done very well, what I thought they done very well, well was they, they controlled the Castoran kick-out. Mm. I thought they pressed really well. It looked like a zonal formation where they had six in the forward line, four across the middle of the field, and they were willing to leave even a Castellan player up in the half forward line to, to go. I thought that was brave. I thought the, the management, Mickey Mickey O'Rourke, deserves credit for that because it's not easy to do when you're an underdog in a situation to say, "Well, look at we're going to take this risk. We're going to we're going to press you." And I thought it it brought the best out of Thomas Galligan. Who was excellent in the middle of the field? Yeah, I think he won nine kickouts, kicked two wow. points. Yeah, and he won the point he kicked in the second half, playing into the turn end. Mm. He kicked it from f- fully fifty meters, yeah. sort of at his ease. Like yeah. I thought, I thought he did. He looked head and shoulders a county player out there, mm. um, and he was on David Wright, who's who's a a brilliant midfielder. Yeah, he was. Yeah, it was it was a it was very impressive by by Thomas. But again, lacking. Like at one stage, Raymond Gallagher missed a chance, or sorry, just before that, actually, Mickey O'Rourke was on the sideline in, in front of, of where I was standing up in the, in the press box, and I could hear him. There were nine points there, and he was he was saying to the players, "Get four points back." He and he was making, he was simplifying it. He was like, "You know, we're not trying to get ten points in the next two minutes here." He was saying, "Let's let's get four points back," mm-hmm. and and they did that. And whether it was coincidence or not. Maybe they responded to him, but they, they did that. They didn't panic, and they got right back into the game. They got it back to two, and yeah. Ray Galligan had a good chance. Got a lot of power in his shot. Um, really, he, he probably in hindsight he needed to go far post, just anywhere bar where the keeper was. But he went near post with the left foot. So many good clubs. save by Daly. Yeah, he, Daly did well to get brave. down to it. It yeah. was a good save, but uh, they didn't get another chance then. To but like Ray Galligan was playing very well in there, and the, mm. the mark was suiting him. But they're they're lacking needed to bring more youngsters into that team, really. Like that's they were, back in twenty sixteen, they were bringing through young players. You know, there's mm. a lot of the same faces that have been great servants for that team year in year out for a long number of years. Mark Wilson kicked a couple of lovely points. Mm. Um, Four points. Donald Finnegan Don't. was quite lively as well, but they, they do need a couple more. Ryan Coy wasn't playing. Um, they, they need more uh, coming into that side, and uh, I think they're just treading water a wee bit. I'd have to agree. They they uh, they they do need a little bit more, but their kickouts definitely their kickout strategy on the opposition was was excellent. Um, on Castle Rahan, I thought Carl Cosgrove stepped up. He scored two three. Good good display by him. Um, but we we'll go through more of that in the team of the week. Um, where he got a nomination. So the last game on the predictions in the senior was Sherlock against Rammer. We both went for Rammer United here. Um, and it just about came true. So. We'll, we'll, we'll just be breathing a nice long exhale of sigh of relief as you did at the end of the game yeah okay. and I did too I have to say I put them in my accumulator <laughs> yeah look we talked about that game at length on the on the Die Hard podcast and I heard from Ray Cole I wouldn't be too critical of Rammer from it I, I felt they deserved to win and they were winning for most of the game but like and Sherkirk really up for it, very well organised on the, on the evening and uh, got a good individual performances. Uh, a couple of things went against Rammer as well, but I didn't think I I, I didn't think Sherkirk deserved a draw out of it to be honest. And I give them full credit for their performance, 
but I, t- I thought they just needed to do a little bit more to deserve a draw out of it. So Rammer were Rammer were probably a point or two better, and they won it by a point mm. and uh, two points. Yeah, well, uh, two points, but one of the points came in twelve minutes into injury time. Yeah. You know, so that was that was all there was in it. The point, the point that I'd make on it though, I don't think that Rammer's display was a championship winning display. No, oh, definitely not, definitely not. Mm. And again, you're you're using the bookies' favourites, Calvin Gales, as the yardstick. Um, you know, it's hard to imagine Shaka Cole and them for seventy-two minutes yeah. to a one-point game, but but then you'd never know. You never you know because Shaka Sher- have good individuals, yeah. and and they're well organized. And they're physically strong. They're, 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 now Wednesday night may have been the exception, but they're generally hard-working, honest lads. Yeah, like there was eight. Uh, Eight Sherco players got around a Rammer player at one stage, if you remember, mm, forced a turnover. Right. And we were, we were myself, yourself, and Mickey Brennan were up on the and the the gantry there, and we were we all just went fucking hell, yeah. Like it was intense. It was like Tyrone against Kerry two thousand and three type yes. tactic, swarm tactic. And when you see a team doing that, you know that they're really up for it. Definitely. Um. So after the the six games of the senior championship, you got four out of six, and I got four out of six as well. So. Not not too bad, but probably good performance by you. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on to the Hotel Kilmer Intermediate Championship, Hill against Butler's Bridge. This one was one that both of us knew were going to be close. I I I thought it was so close that it was going to be a draw. You went for Butler's Bridge, so you get kudos on that one. Oh, I get kudos on it, but I was watching the Twitter on that game, and I said, I don't believe he's going to get another draw. <laughs> you were close. I give you that in a high scoring game. Sometimes a draw in the depths of winter. Is nearly likely because it's yeah. seven points each or something. But in a high scoring game like that, the height of championship, you know, it's rare you get a draw in a high scoring free wheeling thriller like that. Uh, some team usually can get a goal or something to get in front, but no, uh, it, a draw looked very likely. And then Kevin O'Reilly, I think it was, came up with the winning score for, for Butters Bridge at the very end. And the only thing I have to say on that is, damn you, Kevin. I badly needed that point back. You did, but uh, apparently a really good entertaining game of football. Like obviously the scoreline shows when when goals are coming in at the rate of wasn't it six goals? I think we did predict that uh, a high scoring game and a wide. It was in Ballyhays, lovely summer's evening. Yeah, two two footballing teams. Well, we were saying it, and, and we were saying, but there could be the exception because Coothill and Lacken a few years ago. But we, big open spaces, two good ballers, like yeah. lots of good footballers on the field. So it uh, it turned out as such. And the Hesse got a goal again. I heard it was a screamer. Was it? I didn't so I heard. Now somebody contacted me on WhatsApp to say that that Enda Hesse's goal was an absolute screamer. So um, and and. I think Finton O'Reilly had a very good game as well. Like, yeah, he's been playing very well. And uh, John Fitzpatrick in the middle of the field had a good game. Good yeah. good performances all around on both sides from what I heard. Seemingly yeah. it, was, it was a very good game. John McCutcheon was playing as well. Obviously, Talisman for Goodhill. Yeah, always keeps it keeps it going. Anyway, great to see John back after his absence last year. Um, second game was Drumlane against Corner Fane. We both went for Drumlane on this one and, and, and both came in. So um, I didn't hear much on on this one, but again, I heard it was it was a real battle. There was no no uh, no backing down on this one. Yeah, very physical. I think physically, Cornerfin took the fight to to Drumlane in a big way. Um, good performances again all over the field from Drumlane. Ryan Connolly with seven or eight points. Uh, Darren McGorn got one two. I think uh, Darren Dolan got a goal again. Right. So. Uh, yeah, expect no hat trick from Dolan. Though. No hat trick this time. Okay, right. You probably get two the next day, maybe five. <laughs> but I, I expected Jumlane to do well in this championship, and 
probably they were, they were disappointed to lose to the bridge the first team, but the bridge of the form team. And I think yes. I'm right in saying, Damien, you can correct me if I'm wrong. Fifteen teams in the intermediate, two rounds played, only one team has a hundred percent record, and that's Butters Bridge. That's true, but only four teams. Sorry, only only two teams have played twice. All right. Oh, sorry, no, three teams have played twice. All right, okay. Corner Fane, Drum Lane, and Butler's Bridge. Could Hill have only one game played? Okay, and the bridge, the bridge have a bye this weekend. Right. Okay. Yeah. So there's there's a lot to uh, a lot to still happen in that championship. It's it's by no means over. But Butler's Bridge are in the quarterfinal essentially now. Yeah, yeah, and, and the bridge, like, and we said that when we were previewing the intermediate championship. I think I ranked the bridge tenth, and but I I remember saying there's ten potential winners in this championship. Mm. I think I ruled out. If we, actually, it's a good chance to, to review review that. Time. I I think I rule out killing care because I got we got a tweet from Shona Farley and she says nobody rules out killing care. <laughs> uh, I think I rule out killing care. Corner Finn, Drum Goon, Drum Goon. Maybe that was about it. Possibly Bally McHugh. Could have been, yeah. Yeah, but I I I, I and remember and the Rammer second team, something like that. And I said the other ten. Yeah. You, you yeah. wouldn't be surprised to see their colours on the ribbons on the cup and and like. I'd stand by that. Fergal Flanagan's back playing good football. Paddy Flynn, I think, had a great game as well, I heard. Um, and, and that was the worry that we were talking about. Like Fergal Flanagan's back at six for Butler's Bridge. Um, Paddy Flynn at full back. Young Cahaletti has come in. Again, same age as Finton and Daryl McGoran. That, that that particular age group seem to be doing very well. So it's uh, their, their defence seems to have shored up a bit. You know, we've been talking at the bridge have to come. They've been they've been coming for too long. They have to go and, and do the job now. So I wouldn't I definitely wouldn't rule out the possibility of the bridge winning this championship. No, and the thing for the bridge the thing with the bridge is go with it now. Yeah. Like a team can get can get stuck in a rut where your best year is next year. Like I if I would say if I was over the bridge and I have such a good record as a manager as you know, <laughs> I, I'd be saying to them, There is no next year. Win it now. You, who knows? Next year, players could be away. Players could be injured. Who knows? This is George Dugdale's third or maybe fourth year over Butler's Bridge. Yeah, that's a good bonus. That continuity is important. Mm. And, and, and but my point being, maybe there is no next year. Maybe he he may not do another year. You just don't know. So it's uh, it, it's now. It's now is the time. So it'd be uh, interesting to look back over teams that win championships in in club football and see how many of them our managers in their first year and how many are managers to stay on because there's so many clubs now get, get a manager for one year uh, and, and mm. they move on but like looking back last year on the three teams that won the championship Gavin last year as a as a very unscientific poll Casaran obviously had the same manager Tony Keoghan third year third year Lara Jody Devine was in his second year or third year maybe definitely second year and anyway, maybe Maybe Tory could have been there in seventeen. Killing care under Paddy Bates was in the second year as well. Second year. So there, there you go. So not to be said for that bit of continuity. Completely agree. Completely agree. Uh, moving on. And that, and, and that proves it. Those three teams prove my theory. But listen, there, there, there's nobody ever going to argue with you on that part. You're a hundred percent right in, in your massive window of of sample games and sample teams. Um, moving on to the Cullies Craft Bakery Junior Championship, Maher against Templeport. We both went for Templeport. Came away with the victory. Uh, pretty predictable four goals didn't hear much about this one but um, oh McCaffrey with a hat trick rare t- we love a hat trick uh, look it's a rare thing it's like a it's like a hole in one on a major you don't, you don't get many <laughs> hat tricks in, in, in championship weekends yeah uh, so great so unfortunately sometimes they come in against Mara <laughs> or they come in the mismatches Corla conceded a hat trick last year um, is, is it like getting a hole in one off the tree 
where it hits a tree and goes in. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Maybe, maybe so. I never got a hold of one, but uh, yeah, look, you can't argue with it. 3 4 in, in Championship football is good scoring Damn right. by any man. Damn right. Uh, Drung against Swanland Bar sounded like a really good game, high scoring. Uh, we both went with Swanland Bar. And, and, that was and, a good call by us. I'll tell you what, it was close. Or Swarla, as they're known as now. I love that. That is the greatest. Would it be an acronym? No. No, what's an acronym? Go on, give me my English lesson. For an me. acronym is like uh, uh, UEFA. Or oh, sorry. Okay. Something like that. It's so like, what's, what's a combination of two becoming one word? Two words becoming or two names? Like, like, like uh, what did they call the... Some of the married couples, I can't even think of what was Posh and Bex called together, or was it? Oh, yeah, uh, like Brangelina, you mean? Brangelina, that's yeah. the word. Yeah, I don't know what the word is for that, actually. Somebody can tweet us, let us know. Yeah. Um, some English teacher out there. Um, yeah, so, but again, it's one about Rory Corn, pretty good, I, I understand. Rory Corn was, I think he scored 2 5. But Lovely. seemingly he was absolutely brilliant. But like again, R- Rory Corn, I read a great interview uh, with Chris Corn, who's his brother, I'm right in saying, yeah. Mm-hmm. And like there was a great interview. I with, think. Yeah, I think the brothers. Yeah, yeah, I'm ninety percent sure on that. There's a great interview with Chris in the in the Irish News uh, a couple of weeks ago, and he talked about how he, he you know, he, he wished that part of him wishes that he played more Gaelic football with his with his brothers, but he's happy with the choice he took to go and play so much yeah. soccer. And fair enough, he's a club legend with Cliftonville. But like that's the kind of uh, genes that is in Rory, this mm. professional athlete type stuff, like and like he was brilliant with the Cavan Miners when they got to the All Ireland semi final, and has gone off the scene a wee bit. Uh, didn't play much county football since then. At the time, he looked like he could be playing senior with Cavan in a That's short right. space of time. So I hope now that 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 Swan and Bar get a good run and we see more of Rory Corn because like he's he's huge potential, limitless potential. It also seems to be bringing out the best in in. The Corla lads, um, McTaggart, I heard, was, was very, very influential. Yeah, he got three points. Um, look, it's a big win, a, a huge win for them because yeah, like they wouldn't be win- they wouldn't have been winning a lot of championship games. The lads, the Corla lads, wouldn't have been winning a lot of games, and the Swad lads weren't winning a lot of games at intermediate no. level either. Uh, so a huge win for them, and they're they'll only get better. That would yeah. be because the doubts would have been there, and you know that was that would have been like a like a. A final to, to those fellas because the first time playing competitively together as a unit because they, they didn't enter the league as well so that's that's a huge one and we, we said it last week that they're they're the we are having podcast great hope for the junior apart from Drummond obviously obviously so at the end of the 10 games that were played at the weekend you got um eight out of the 10 correct which was a, a, a really good performance i got seven out of the 10 which was a terrible and <laughs> an average a little above average Abysmal. performance but what it leaves the overall table is that after two weeks you've got 14 of the 14 points on the board and i've got 18 points on the board so a four point advantage and we'll do our predictions on the diehard service later on in the week um, so if you want to hear that head on over to patreon.com forward slash we are Cavan Brady's Arva Limited main dealers for Volkswagen cars and commercial vehicles have been serving the needs of the motoring community in Cavan, Longford, Leitrim Monaghan, Mead and the surrounding counties for over 50 years a family owned and family run business Brady's are famous for their long association with the GAA if you're looking for a new or used car or commercial vehicle 
Check out Brady's Arva Limited. They provide an unrivaled sales and after-sales service and are open six days a week. Brady's Arva Limited. Get on the winning team today. See www.bradysarva.ie for more details. So time to move on now, and we're going to hear from the Cavan ladies or Cavan Camogie board chairperson, Michelle Smith. I caught up with her earlier in the week to look ahead to this week's action. Michelle, we've we've had quite a few games in the league so far, from senior right down to junior, and now we're we're coming up with league finals. Um, at senior level next Wednesday, August twelfth at seven thirty in Ballyhays, it's uh, Crushalot against Lara. I suppose no real surprise in the pairing for the final. Uh, tell us a bit about the league games though that that went before that Crushalot and then and Lara were the three teams at senior level. How did they go? Um, thanks, Damien. Yeah, well, we kicked off um, the senior league. We have three teams in it. Um, Crushalot, Den and Lara. Our first round was kicked off on Friday the 17th of July. Crushalot played Lara in Kilnalek, um, and that was a win for Crushalot. Um, Den had a bye in that round. And the following um, week, we seen Den play Crushalot over in Crosskeys, and Crushalaw bet down on that. So Crushalaw were going with two, two wins into round three with the, when they had a bye. So Lara played um, Den on the 29th of July and had a convincing win there. So um, the way the fixtures had um, introduced the league on a short um, turnaround was the top two teams into the final. And they're happening on Wednesday week, uh, the 12th of August. In Valley Hayes. Yeah, no surprise there. Um, championship and league finalists from last year, or for the last couple of years. But in saying that, Den are a very good and strong team. And, you know, our, the, the Lara game was a close game. And also the game against Crusher was a close game for Den. So they're thereabouts, you know, the young mm. team coming on. Um, they have players like um, Shanice Fitzsimons, Ashley Collins, like that. So, they're, they're, they're a team to be looked at now when the championship starts. You know, we introduced the fixtures committee, reviewed the fixtures based on the current situation we're in. And we had an option of either having no league and just go straight into championship. It wouldn't have been fair on the teams and the clubs that we have. So in fairness to the fixtures committee now, they've done a good job. And we worked alongside the ladies football as well. Stephen Hughes is the chair of the fixtures to ensure that, you know, dual players and no crossover. So we looked at all the fixtures and came up with this. And I think it's, it's ran very well at the moment. Yeah, it's the intermediate. Sounds... Yeah, the intermediate kicked off then. Um, we introduced intermediate. We kind of trialled it last year, Damien, in terms of um, an intermediate championship, which then won and went on to win the Ulster Junior Championship and... and, and unfortunately bet in the All-Ireland. Um, right, so yeah. we, we, um, we asked the clubs what their thoughts were on, you know, entering an intermediate. Because years ago, Cavan did have um, a lot of teams and they had the three divisions. You know, they had the intermediate, senior and junior. So we put it out to the clubs and the clubs, um, Casatara, Lacken, uh, Balina and Kill asked to be regraded as intermediate. Kill came up because they won the junior championship, so they were promoted up. So it's worked very well. So the intermediate side of things, it went very well. 
with um, games starting uh, the same day, the 17th of July, and they were ran off um, on a weekly basis. And we see Castletara and Lacken in the final now on Wednesday evening. And that game is in Peter Duke Park in Stradone at half seven. It's unfortunate to have two league finals on the one evening, but, um, you know, mm. due to time and due to dates and the fixtures, you know, we... And the clubs are happy with it. So we have two final, two league finals on on Wednesday evening, which is great. I'm delighted absolutely. with that. Yeah, absolutely brilliant. And I suppose, like you said there, it's great to see all committees coming together to find a way to play dual sport um, for the girls, not put them in, the, in a difficult situation, which you, you all have to be commended for that. Yeah, and I think in, in the current pandemic we're in and with COVID, we've been working... You know, I think it's a directive from National that we have to work with our uh, other codes. And we have been this last couple of months and also with the, the Calvin County Board, the men's board. And we, we had submitted our contingency plans way back in June to uh, the Calvin GAA and also to the LGFA. And we did meet through Zoom meetings and team meetings to discuss where because we only have a short window and yeah. we had to reduce our fixtures and our, the way we run our fixtures. And also in terms of locations for pitch allocation, you know, within the county with, with men's football on and ladies football on as well and underage competitions, the county board as a whole, that's the three codes, Damien, worked very well in the last couple of uh, weeks and months to ensure that, you know, there's not a... a conjunction of games do you know what I mean mm. on at the same time and stuff so it, it, it's it's worked very well now with codes yeah yeah absolutely brilliant then the junior league hasn't come to a conclusion yet there's five teams no in that. yeah there's five teams in it and um they kicked off on the 23rd just a week later um of July and there's five teams in it we're up as far as round three at the minute and um, Crushlaw and Den uh, are sharing the points at the top followed by Drumgoon and Cassatara. So we've two more rounds and then the finals are fixed for the 27th of August. So look at him, um, as with this current situation we're in, it's kind of a pre-championship season, you know, to get a couple of games a league and get it, you know, to prepare for the championship. But we were we were blessed in a way that we were able to we'll have run all our league before the championship starts. Yeah. And I think it's something to look forward to you know, to reflect on when we're looking at fixtures next year as a whole. Yeah, well, I suppose uh, from a player's point of view, championship is, is, is what it's all about. But you, ideally, you like to have your league completed. So when your championship is over, your season is finished and you, you don't yes. have to worry about going back. Or, so it's, it seems like it, it's, uh, it's, it's going to work well there. And you've mentioned about the championship. So it's going to kick off in... Uh, in two weeks' time, is it? Or August 26th is kicking off with the Intermediate Championship? The Intermediate Championship is kicking off Wednesday, the 26th of August, uh, with the pairings of Balignà and Lacken and Killen Casatara. Um, that's kicking off and then followed by Senior and Junior on the 10th of September. So um, we will have... Yeah, so the, the, senior, the senior teams will have finished their league from next week and then they'll have um two or three weeks to prepare get you know get yeah. get themselves ready for the championship the fact there's only three teams in it so they have to prepare good strong and hard for those games 
then, it's, it's all good on paper anyway at the moment. And then in the junior championship, there's three teams in it. It's Crush Lodrum Goon and, and Lara, obviously Crush Law and Lara's second teams involved second there. Team. And they kick yeah. off on the 10th of September as well with Drum Goon taking on Lara. Correct. Um, good to see Lara entering a second team. I think it's, um, if uh, it serves me right, I think it's about 20 years since Lara entered a second team in Camogie. Um, so, yes, we have a, a, a lot of, Lara has a lot of young players. So I'm delighted to see that. Uh, Drumgoon would be a single team. They've been um, playing junior for a while. And Crush Law, similar to Lara have a lot of under, you know, they've worked on their underage structure. So it's great to see them entering a second team. Yeah, so that kicks off, um, yeah, on the 10th of September. And then the finals are fixed for the weekend of the 26th and 27th of September. So it's a a, a four-week or five-week at most uh, competition. It'll be run fairly quick. Yes, and as I said, you know, um, I have spoken to other county boards you know, when we were discussing our contingency plans. And I think it's something county boards will look at going into 2021. You know, instead of running your fixture calendar from February to um, possibly... September time. September, October, you know, to include championship and league. That, you know, we've actually implemented a quick, uh, you know, six or seven week window to run our league and championship, well, for, for Cavan anyway, but other counties might um, have more clubs involved. But there's an opportunity there. And this goes, you know, it's given back then to the players that, you know, a lot of, a, a lot of players, both men and women, you know, plan J1s, you know, they go touring, you know, tri- you know backpacking mm. in, in, during the summer. So there's no reason why that you can, uh, you know, you could run your league off in six weeks say yeah. March, April and May and then enter your championship in September, you know, and maybe give three months off in the summer, you know, just to plan yeah. it for the players because at the end of the day, you know, if it was a normal year, we'd have been playing Camogie from March until now, you know, um, and that's just the way it's always been, you know, between league and championship, it was every weekend and there was games every day and for the Jewel players especially, it is hard because, um, you know, you have the likes yeah. of Kira Finnegan there, Roisin O'Keefe that are dual and, you know, playing football and playing at Camogie every other day with your club and then county football and Camogie as well. You know, it'd yeah, be seven, seven day a week. It's a lot. It is a lot. All right. Yeah. Speaking, mm-hmm. speaking of county, is the, um, is the, is the, the, the inter-county scene going to happen then after the end of September? It is the train as per the guidelines that we've been given. Uh, training can resume um, after the fifteenth of September. Now, the girls had been prior to the notification that there was no training that had that had been um, doing um, Zoom meetings and team meetings on a weekly basis, doing workouts and stuff like that. And I'd like to thank um, Brian Coleman. BC Fitness as well. He's done a couple of sessions with them. And then when it was officially, you know, there was no, everything was to stop until September. But, you know, they were back at their club training as well. Um, yes, mm. National have um, put a plan in place for Intercounty to start uh, back. Uh, first games are on the weekend of the 17th and 18th of October. Um, with Cavan entering the National League the year, 
unfortunately didn't finish. But uh, we've done very well. And the county board is pleased, and so is management and the girls, that um, what they've done so far. So um, for the championship uh, this year, there's a, they had introduced, uh, like it's a Nancy Murray, it's like an All-Ireland Junior B uh, championship, Damien. You know, they had yeah. run it in previous years. So they've reintroduced that the year. And pre-COVID, um, the plan was that the winners of that Nancy Murray competition would go into the quarterfinal at the Premier Junior, which is the All-Ireland. Okay. Um, but unfortunately, due to the restructure of the fixtures, um, that won't happen. So the Nancy Murray competition will be a standalone competition the year. So we've been paired in with Louth and Tyrone. Unfortunately, there has been a couple of counties that have withdrew from National Camogie this year due to um, frontline staff and stuff like that. So there has been a reduction in some of the um, fixtures. But yeah, happy enough with that. Um, and the girls are happy that they're going to have a chance at playing Championship Camogie in October. Um, so Louth and Tyrone, um, they haven't been released yet when they are, but um, we play two games and then, the t you know. There's a, is, a, is there another group in that? or, or No, that's it, just the treaty. That's treaty that's and the so treaty. then top two teams go into a final, I presume. Final, yeah. Yeah. Very so, good. So yeah. fingers crossed it's three games fingers for the crossed, girls. Yeah, you'd be hopeful enough now on that. Um, look, you'd be, you're in a, you know, but uh, depending on the players coming back, you know, some of them will be progressing with the ladies football um, club championships as well. So that they're taking part after in October. So it all depends on the winners from Cavan. They'll be competing in the Ulster LGFA competition. Um, okay. And does the Camogie um, progress on into provincial at club level? Uh, no, there, no, see, yeah. Not uh, this year. Similar to, the, similar to the football, not this year. So right. what the National Camogie have done is it's club competitions and then inter-county um, after that. And then they're going to look at possibly running the provincial uh, club championship in the new year. I, don't, I, I think okay. it's similar to the football. I don't know whether the football... Um, the lads football have done that or not um, yeah no it hasn't been confirmed as yet I think, I think it's been pulled um, I havenven't heard anything about New Year in, in football anyway so okay. um, well just good, good to get, get up to date we'll try and uh, we'll try and keep on top of it um, as we go through the championship looking forward to, uh, to hearing all the results and, and, and the performances so thanks Michelle for taking the time to come on to the We Are Cabin podcast no problem, Damien, and thanks very much for your support. You start to make you all the time. McAvoy's have been long-time uh, supporters of all the local clubs, uh, as well as Cuhullins. Um, and now for the young lads to have a set of jerseys at, at under 11, we usually, the kids have to buy their own jerseys, under 9s and 11 in Cuhullins, um, and now we have a set of jerseys for all the competitions. So it makes a huge difference to, to all the houses in our parish anyway. We're all very happy. Uh, it's a huge help for Amor, um, like if I was a local supermarket, we all in and out of here all the time. Supervalue are a huge support to GAA across the country. Um, it's very, very important to us uh, and they've been good to us down the years with, with footballs and with different sponsorship at different times. So it's a huge part of the local community here for us. So best of luck to all teams taking part in the uh, in the finals this week. We'll, we'll keep regular updates on the uh, on the camogie scene. Uh, finally now, so it's time to announce the Proactive Risk Control Team of the Week for this week. Um, don't forget to like and share uh, 
uh, proactive risk control the Twitter and Facebook page there we're trying to help them get the awareness out so uh, delighted to have them on board with us on We Are Calvin. Um, we'll start off and what I'll do is maybe Paul we'll, we'll go through the, the nominees that came in and there was loads of them there were so many good performances so in goals we had two nominees coming in um, Harry Clark for his performance against Drumlane and Liam Brady for his performance against Shercock. I didn't see the Harry Clark one, but I did speak to somebody at it and said he, he was he was brilliant. Kickouts excellent and pulled off a spectacular save as well. Yeah, yeah. Um my sources in Interim Lane said the same. Harry Clark, top class performance. Thought Liam Brady was very assured for Rammer. Came up and kicked a free at a crucial time. Mm. <clears throat> Again, it's I won't say it's easy, but it's much easier to kick come up and kick frees if your team is winning by a few points. But to come up in a tight championship game when you need a score and, and kick one. Now, he missed another one, but he, the one he got, he nailed it. So, uh, good stuff out, out of both men. Yeah, I think, though, on on the on the balance of it, from what I heard, Harry Harry Clark deserves the, the goalkeeper spot okay. this week. No, no arguments coming? No. Good stuff. So, well done, Harry Clark. Full back line, a, a wrath of, of, um, of nominations. So, I'll go through them all. i name everybody. Um, the nominations that come in, Cotteletti from Butler's Bridge, uh, Stephen Cooney, Lara, Cian Riley from Killigarry, Brian Sankey, Shercock, um, Fergal McKenna, Lara, Evan Fortune, Cavan Gales, David Conroy, Lavi, Paddy Flynn, Butler's Bridge, David Shelby from Crushala, um, and I think that's it from the full back line. Yeah, that's it from the full back line. Any any comments on any of them? <coughs> there's some there's some top performers in the full back line, even though we're seeing a lot of scores in the championship, like as you were saying on, on the Diehards podcast. And it was a good trend that you spotted. It's been one of the highest scoring championships in years, apart from I think two years ago where we had a gold fest in the first couple of rounds. But it's been very high score and loads of points scored. So you'd imagine that the full back lines might have been under creaking under a bit of pressure. But there's some top performances in the full back line this week. Yeah, I I, I thought uh, I thought Fergal McKenna, uh, even though we got the second yellow, I thought he had a really good game again. He's he, he's a leader. He's he's definitely the type of player that you want in the trenches with you. Um, you just want them staying in the trenches for the whole <laughs> the whole of the battle. That's the only flaw <laughs> I'd have with, with with his game. But in general, when it comes to a, a physical battle, even a running battle, I think he's got a lot going for him. And I'm not sure what age he is, but I'd, I'd, I'd like to see him maybe develop a wee bit further, as in play at a higher standard if he could, because he, he has a lot going for him. Evan Fortune, I thought, was was very assured at at full back. Um, for Calvin Gales like Endo Riley had a very good game the week before he was classed and played well throughout the league I understand the two games or the one game the Mullerhorn had but um, Evan now you could maybe make the case that there wasn't a lot for him to do but anything that he had to do he done very well I thought um, David Conroy and Niall Madden had a brilliant battle um, I thought it was excellent actually and so did Butsy Carroll and Conal Shorten. That was a really good battle in, in full back, full forward on the weddings tonight. Um Patrick Carroll, that is. Um the other ones coming in, I thought I was I was very impressed. So we we'll go through actually who got the position. So at number two we've gone for Keen Riley from Killigarry. Um Yeah, I was very impressed with with Keen Riley. Again, didn't have he's not a player I've seen a huge amount of, not as much as you would have seen well, you of him. couldn't because he's his first year senior. Yeah, but I didn't even see much of him playing underage with Kilgary to be honest. Saw him a couple of times with Calvin, but 
I was really impressed with him for for a young fella. He came out and won won a mark in the middle of the field. He delivered a couple of great balls in. Very scored assured. A point. Scored a point. Which Very assured love, performance. We love a cornerback scoring a point. Yeah, big time. There's nothing more thrilling. At fullback, Evan Fortune gets the nod for his display with uh, Cavan Gales against Mullahorn. Um, and the other cornerback then David Shelby once again I think that's two weeks in a row he's made the team of the week David Shelby is it? I think so two points from cornerback the second of them was as good of a corner forward style point as as you could hope to see a nice dummy and then execute with the outside of the, the left boot from 35 maybe touching 40 metres out a really classic score but I thought just his general contribution in play is, is excellent for Krushala he's he's probably their top performer overall in my opinion at the minute yeah well you know to, to get on team of the week as a defender you need to do something to catch the eye especially as as a, in the full back line so sometimes if you're playing cornerback you could have a great game and, and not really be noticed so we probably are going to have a liking towards players who can do the spectacular. Yeah. So a couple of those lads have come up and got scores and like they're very comfortable on the ball. And that's the way the game has gone now. Definitely. Definitely. So in the half-back line, the nominations that came in were Fimber McAvenue uh, from Arva, Jason Walsh from Larry United, Cormac Timoney from Balanya, uh, Kevin Meehan, Cavan Gales, Luke Fortune, Cavan Gales, Cormac Daly um, from... Castle Rahan, sorry, Fergal Riley from Castle Rahan and Shane Duffy from Kingscourt. A lot of good, good performers there. That that was a tough, tough line to pick. Anything standing out for you? Well, I wasn't at Arvin Banya. I was at the game Muller at the same time, but I was listening to your commentary. And from what I've heard, Cormac Timoney was fantastic. I heard, I heard uh, talking to Balian man over the weekend, and he was saying he was really good. His footwork, he said, was brilliant. Mm-hmm. He can move from side to side really well, get in and out of trouble for a big man, and come up and kicked a few points as well from the half back line. So uh, I think Timoney would definitely be, be one that would be definitely in the mix. Yeah, definitely. Um, I, th- I thought there was a lot of good performances overall in the half back line, and, and a lot of it being probably on the attacking end of the field, you know, but. Like Fimber McAvenue for me on the defensive end of the field, I thought was was really good. They were having such problems um, with with uh, Kevin Smith in at full forward that they moved him back in there, and he did tighten up a good bit on Kevin Smith, but it took away then from Arva breaking out with ball. But he he was excellent. Thought Jason Walsh full of energy, um, you know, scored a point. I think I'm right in saying for Lara, and and looks like a a real baller. We've seen him in the past, though. There's no surprise there. Kevin Meehan, probably the most intelligent player uh, you know, to play in, in, in a back line that just controls everything, knows it's almost like the opposition are trying to kick the ball to him. He he does he reads the game so well, intercepts it so well and, and Mark McHugh was full of praise for him on on the stream. Right. As well. Yeah. He yeah. picked him out as a as a really composed player. Um so the the half back line that we went with was Fimber McAvenue from Arva, Cormac Timoney, who scored those three points against Arva from Balanya, and Kevin Meehan from Cavan Gales. Um all excellent, excellent performers. Again, from Kingscourt, Shane Duffy, another young player to watch. I think he kicked two points from wing back. Um so really, really good half back line there. Moving on to the middle of the field on the proactive risk control team of the week. So what was what was your full half back line, Damon? Sorry. Full half back line then was Fimber McAvenue at five, Cormac Timoney at six, and Kevin Meehan at seven. Tell you, not a bad half back line. We take it. We take it. Put them all in blue jerseys with a king span across the front of it. Not transferring to King's Court. <laughs> I was just going to say, King's Court have a half back. <laughs> <laughs> so the middle of the field, the nominations were Thomas Galligan, 
Garod McKiernan, Thomas Galligan lacking Garod McKiernan, Calvin Gales, John Fitzpatrick, Butler's Bridge, and James Smith from Crushala. Um, give us your your thoughts. Well, Thomas Galligan was was brilliant against uh, against. Who did that can play? <laughs> my, my discover, like Casaran. Talking so much, uh, I've started talking to Severn in a circle. Um, yeah, I thought he was brilliant. He won nine kickouts. He kicked a monster point for 50, 50 metres, yeah. kicked another point before that. Uh, took the fight to to uh, Casaran. Got away with, with bundling a lad over in the square at one stage. It was it was cute play because the ball was out the field and he had drifted in and he threw a man out of his way. I thought he might have got a black card because the referee did speak to the umpires, but I thought he I thought he turned in a, a super performance. And a very good player to watch because he loves the bomb forward and he's spectacular in the air. So Thomas Galligan, I think, would have to go very close to it. Yeah, yeah. Well, the two we went for in the end was Thomas Galligan and John Fitzpatrick from Butler's Bridge. Um, who again, not having seen the game, but on report, done what John Fitzpatrick does. He's a silky, classy player mm. that covers a huge amount of ground and yet doesn't get cleaned in the aerial battles. You know, which he, is he, he'd remind you of your man uh, Oren McNeilis from Donegal. In terms of a, you, you don't see many midfielders that are that are pure skill. Yes, and, and McNeilis when he was playing midfield for Donegal, he was treading passes and he was picking scores. He was gliding over the ground, like, like John Fitzpatrick. He's no relation or anything like that, but uh, I think he's a he's a he's a baller. Like he's a quality operator. Uh, I I think he's a class player to watch and one of the highest scoring midfielders in, in intermediate football always. Definitely, definitely. Like so. him up a one three against Goodhill like that, and again one three in a in a really tight game. Mm. That's it, it. It's invaluable. You couldn't. You couldn't put a price tag on it. On on Garod McKiernan in the middle of the field. Um, now he went in towards the full forward in the second half, um, or more into the forward line. So um, I think that that may have went against him for the team of the week. But what I did like to see, which we I think we discussed on a podcast, um, on at least two occasions, I seen him deliver long kick passes from midfield into the full forward line, which is something we said. If you have a full forward line of, of the likes of Shawnee Johnson and Martin Dunn and, and Co, you don't want to be carrying that ball into them. You want to get that ball in before you can get in and before defenders can get back onto them. And I think he's he's consciously looked to improve that into his game. So that's that's great work by Garrod and, and and look at bringing a different different threat to your game can only help improve it. So look forward to seeing more of that develop. And of course, James Smith with the two points. The reason James didn't get on the team of the week is he missed that goal. Okay. Let's, let's just put it out there. Well, for anyone who hasn't uh, listened to the Die Hard podcast from earlier, where, where you asked him about uh, his goal chance, and it was one of the one of the most funniest and most genu- genuine comments I've heard in an interview in ages. And he just says, "Oh, they're always telling me to roll the ball in because rolling's not my style." And he goes, "I like to burst through and rip the net." And I thought it was a brilliant comment. It put a smile on my face when I heard it. So I encourage people to listen to that. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Okay, so the half forward line then denominations for the proactive risk control team of the week. The nominations were Ushin Brady from Killigarry. Owen Morrissey, Shercock, Carl Cosgrove from Castle Rahan, Ushin O'Connell, Castle Rahan, um, Connor Smith from Killigarry, Rory Corn from Swanlambar, and Cahill uh, Maguire from Rammer United. Um, give us your thoughts on this. Well, again, R- Rory Corn, like we, we talked about him there earlier on. I think he's he's got to be a shoe in uh, scoring two five again in a close championship game where they needed scores and needed leadership. He came up with them. Um, he he's one man I think that that would be nailed on. Oshin O'Connell 
um, denomination was for his performance against Shercock. I heard it absolutely. Yeah, oh, he was brilliant. I was so impressed with him. <laughs> it's it's very interesting, actually. Um, I was talking about this to a Kasserah man, and I was saying, has Oshin elevated? He was always brilliant, like and he, he was right up near the top of our list of the the best the best Kasserah uh, players of this century. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I was saying, has he elevated his game? since Mackey uh, left the team and since Ronan Flanagan hasn't been a starting player that it's like you know, there's some extra responsibility floating around and he put up his hand and grabbed it to absolutely butcher a metaphor there but it's like he has taken taken on the, the mantle as the go-to man completely now in their absence and the Kassaran man I was chatting that said he wasn't sure about that theory but he said he says maybe it's just a thing that uh, the ball is coming in faster that there might be more pace there uh, as in not that Mackey and Flanagan weren't fast but you know you might have lads that are letting the ball on quicker uh, which is interesting as well but whatever it, it is I think he's I think he's could has be, elevated his game it could be a combination of all on top of that he picked up the player of the year last year and I know he was quite humbled by it and, and said he didn't deserve it but maybe he, he needed to realise that he, he, he doesn't have to live in anybody's shadows that yeah. he's he's good enough to be the main man and a combination of all that well he's have, as fast He's as fast as any player in the county. There's certainly no player I know of faster than him with his acceleration. His handling is excellent as well. Like, and he, I think he got three of uh, over the two games. He might have got four attacking marks, okay, uh, and converted them all. Like, so uh, he got a goal. I think maybe in both games, off the top of my head, I saw so many got games. A goal against Lacken, anyway. Yeah, and I think he did. He get a goal. Park Duke got a goal uh, up in Mulla, but he was very. He was a big goal threat. Mm. So uh, I think yeah, Oshin O'Connell's. Right, dead cert for me. Definitely, definitely, especially when he played two games in the week. He rarely he he had a double chance at it. Yeah, he had, and he took it. He took it. So the team, the half forward line on the proactive risk control team of the week is Oshin Brady for his six points against um, now I'm gone black against Kings Court in in a in a defeat. But my God, you couldn't have asked anything more from him. Uh, Oshin O'Connell for his performance against Shercock and Rory Corn for two five. For Swanland Bar, Ocean Brady again, just another word on him. I, like he, he's the real deal, and I was corrected by a Kilgarry man. We were talking about him on the Die Hard podcast, and the Kilgarry man got in touch and said we were saying he's nineteen or whatever. He's only eighteen. He's just done his leaving cert. Mm-hmm. You know, he looked like a he looked like a grown man at twenty five. Uh, the way he played against Kilgarry, so or against nineteen before the end of the year. Okay, yeah, I understand. He's under under. 19 at the minute so in, I, I hope he stays terms. fit and continues to progress because he's a really exciting player and some, we get accused sometimes of bigging up players too much and I'm always wary of that now since people started accusing us of that but I think I'd, I'd, uh, I'd ask anyone go watch Ocean Brady and, and don't get excited about his, his prospects yeah yeah fingers crossed he, he continues to develop I suppose hard luck stories on it um, Carl Cosgrove 2-3 and you don't make the team of the week is is a wee bit of a, a hard luck he took his goal really well the first goal was a penalty which he took away well but the second goal now it was criminal defending by Lacken to allow Casaran to come in from where to where practically right. at the corner flag and waltz through but Jesus when Cosgrove got a chance he absolutely smashed it to the net and he's another player that I think he improved 50% last year until last year he was really good even in the also club game he played well but I think again he has come on this year and looks really comfortable out there now and looks like one of the leaders of the attack so Kasran have, have players have stepped up Key McCabe has emerged as That's we right. said players have stepped up and have made up for the loss of, of a few lads and you know you could definitely argue Kasran are as good as they were definitely definitely so 
last line on the proactive risk control team of the week is the full forward line. The nominations are Shani Johnson, Calvin Gales, Stephen Smith, Crushalot, Niall Clerken, Shercock, Keen McCabe from Castle Rahan, Conal Shorten, Arva, Kevin Smith, Balanya, uh, Paddy Rudden, Lara, Ray Galligan, Lacken, Robbie Fitzpatrick, Gauna, Joe Dillon, Kings Court, Quivin O'Reilly, Butler's Bridge, and Jerry Smith, Lavi. An awful array of, of talent in that. <laughs> you could make a team out of that. Yeah, and, and they could play in a few positions as well. Um, yeah. Yeah, well, I'll let you, I'll let you fight the case there. Well, th- there's so many good performances. Like, at, at, at full forward alone, it'd be, it's going to be very hard to distinguish between Conal Shorten, who had a brilliant battle with, with Patrick Carroll, and still came away with six points at the end of it. Um, Kevin Smith at the other end was was just brilliant. You know, attacking marks. Now, it the the goal was put on an absolute plate with it, with a with a silver lining cherry on top of it. The, the whole shebang. It had it had hundreds and thousands. You know, it was that. There were five metaphors on that goal. There's, there's every one of them. Like, and, and they deserved them because Tom Moore's passing was just. I actually, I happened, as I said, I was in Mola and I happened to be listening to, to uh, your commentary at the time of that and you described it very well and, and uh, Peter Riley was standing beside me uh, from North Bride and he was listening as well and, and he was saying, she's a sound like some pass. So you, you painted the picture very nicely. I really hope, I'd, I'd love to just get the video of it, snip it out and, and just show it because... Uh, it, it should be put up on a on a big screen and let everybody enjoy it. It, it was class. So, but he had a really good display. I think he he hit two or maybe three attacking marks, which I'm I'm loving this attacking mark, and I think Kevin Smith used it so so well um, at the weekend or last Wednesday night. He had yeah he had two attacking marks, three frees, and two from open play, plus a goal from open play. Like that's a that's a brilliant performance in any man's language. Ray Galligan scoring one six in in defeat, but again use of the attacking mark. I thought it was excellent by Ray Galligan. Um, Robbie Fitzpatrick, I thought, really, really gutsy display by Robbie. Shawnee Johnson in the corner, one eight and a half. You know, just, I, I know it all comes with, 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 with question marks over how good Mullerhorn were, and we'll find out later on, but you can only beat what's in front of well, you in I th- half I, an hour. I think Jelly's nailed on there. Yeah. Like, any day you score one eight and a half championship football, doesn't matter who you're playing against. You know, you got to be a team of the week anyway. One seven from open play. Yeah, you yeah. know, it was it 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 was. I think he's got that jersey sewn up. I think so. I don't think anybody can argue with that. Um, Niall Clerken, Key McCabe, Stephen Smith, all good performances, but I don't think they're going to make the cut in the full forward line. Two points by Niall Clerken, uh, one each by Stephen Smith and uh, Key and McCabe. Worth to mention, but I don't think they're going to make the make the step up. Paddy Rudden, a really good display. I thought he deserves mention. Um, his first half, I thought, was was very very good. Without scoring, it shows that a full forward can be brilliant. But I thought when uh, Colin Lynch came on to him, he he tightened that up a right bit. Um, on the other side, Quivin O'Reilly, I didn't see the performance. Understand it was very good, um, but again, I think that uh, that Jerry Smith didn't do enough over the hour. I thought in twenty minutes he done everything that brought Lavi back into the game, but I thought we could see more of a complete hour out of out of Jerry Smith. So for me, the full forward line would be Shani Johnston with his one eight, uh, Robbie Fitzpatrick at full forward because not only did he score seven points. Two of them were in pressurized situation. You're down by three points. You're in injury time. 
and the last one was the equaliser, which was seven, eight minutes into injury time. I, th- I thought in the context of a game, that's really, really quality stuff by Robbie Fitzpatrick. And then Joe Dillon with one three from open play, but his contribution to the game outside of the one three, I think warrants warrants a, a team of the week um, play. So that, that's the one I'm putting up. Yeah, uh, definitely, 100%. So we go with Johnny Johnston, Robbie Fitzpatrick, and Joe Dillon completing the proactive risk control team of the week. So we'll run through the overall team very quickly. It's Harry Clark from Lane and Goals, Keen Riley from Killigarry, Evan uh, Fortune from Cavan Gales, and David Shelby from Crushalaw. Half back line of Fimber McAvinue from Arva, Cormac Timoney from Balagna, and Kevin Meehan from Cavan Gales. The midfield in the proactive risk control team of the week is Thomas Galligan from Lacken and John Fitzpatrick from Butler's Bridge. The half forward line is Ushin Brady from Killigarry, Ushin O'Connell from Castle Rahan, and Rory Corn from Swanland Bar. And the full forward line is Shani Johnson from Cavan Gales, Robbie Fitzpatrick from Gauna, and Joe Dillon from King's Court, completing the proactive risk control team of the week so let us know folks who you think should get player of the week out of those 15 and you can get in contact with us on twitter on facebook and on instagram just let us know nomination for proactive risk control player of the week folks thanks a million for listening to the mcavoy's super value ga podcast don't forget to tune in over the weekend we'll be bringing you live coverage of games more than likely in the hotel kilmore intermediate championship as well as senior and maybe even a cully's craft bakery junior championship clash paul you're done thanks david yes it was great yes it was great yes it was great stuff and larry has put it over the bar it was hard fast football after that you're in Kevin, was there a feeling that that might have been a chance for kevin to get come back into the big time and then the cave and it's over the lap and kevin are not buried yet have them doing all they could to hold their lead to Derek McDonald, what a goal! Oh, yes! And over the bar, Vincent Cahill. What a day he is having! Oh, this is brilliant by Calvin! Dandy legged farmers walking the roads near Virginia. Hurrah, yeah! Hurrah, yeah! <laughs>